Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, everybody, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today with Linda Crater, and we're going to talk about the pace of motherhood and how it's changed, at least over the last 15, 20 years that I've experienced motherhood. Um, We're here today with Linda Crater. Linda, go ahead and introduce yourself, because you are not only my friend, you're a mother, you're a grandmother, you're like a superstar, you're all these things that I love. (laughs) I wish I was all those things. I'm just like everybody else who raises children thinks it's going to go one way. And it, of course, has ups and downs and bumps. And you learn a lot. And I think one of the things you and I have talked about over the years that we've known one another is that life humbles you. So when the pace picks up, you you have to rebound faster. You have to be more resilient. You have to be stable and, and grounded. And as much as we try... The pace is relentless these days, and I think that's due to a number of reasons, whether it's social media, being connected. It's very hard to be disconnected. I I believe I told you right before we came on today that one of the things I would benefit from so much is to be to unplug for three or four days. Well, the idea, like you run a company, you... Mm -hmm have a family, you have a social life, you have all these things, you know, just like me, I run a company, I tear for my 85 year old dad, I've got two, I've got a teenage and a middle school boy that play lots of sports and do lots of things. When you told me like you need three or four days just to be with yourself, I can't imagine the last time I spent (laughs) even two days without, I can't even get two hours. Yeah. And it, and it's, I think that that's a problem. I think that being still is good. But here's what I also think about motherhood and and the pacing. I think children benefit from being still also. And they don't have an opportunity to do that very often. We played kick the can in the summertime. I remember just being free to ride bicycles until it got dark and a bell rang. I I know we're living in a different time, but I, I think that, the pace sports start at three, not at five years of age. They become intense. There are traveling teams. And I, I'm not saying these things are bad. These children are learning a lot about team sports and competitiveness and all of that. But I also think that what I remember most about um, early days of motherhood were, were the times where I could just sit with my little ones or when they took a nap. most of the time I was trying to do laundry but the times that I just crumbled in a chair and sat or read a book they were pleasurable times yeah well you know and it's funny you mentioned the sports starting at three um Mm -hmm. my one friend has a surprise baby when our kids went off to um church camp (laughs) you know (laughs) 12 years old, you know, another oh, baby arrives. So, you know, we have all this older group of kids and then there's like the one lone little boy and he's right. he just turned four and he's playing T-ball and there was a three-year-old in there playing, you know, starting to play this T-ball and even developmentally, the kid couldn't even swing the bat. Like, right timing like I don't know like if we're we're made to start that little you know some kids are better than others but you know at three years old I think I was like laying in my mom and dad's living room watching Sesame Street and playing with whatever we were making castles in the sandbox yeah I mean we were really very simple I remember picking violets um things were just a little less hectic yeah Um, you had we had we just had different things going on. But I I do think that the advent of all of the things that you're supposed to achieve has gotten busier. And again, times change and we have to move with it. But also along with it is we have to learn to stay healthy while we're doing all of this. Oh my gosh, yes. 
Well, when I was, you know, when I, my kids were little and I got divorced and my mom was dying of cancer during that time, you know, I got so stressed out and so scattered, you know, my hair started falling out. Like whose hair falls out in their thirties? Like, you know, not because of some medical condition, Mm -hmm. just because of the, you know, the life stress, the whole thing that, that, and I didn't have the coping skills. I think that's a big part of it too. Um, you know, this pace is changing so fast and we're, I think most of us, at least me, I'll speak for myself, are just trying to keep up. I agree. And so many times I want to say, stop the world. I want to get off. (laughs) Just for a little bit. Well, how many times have I said to you, if there were another planet, I'd be on it. You know, for short periods of time, we have these wishes that are, you know, obviously not possible, but I think that the, the care of ourselves. Thankfully, we don't get an eye roll anymore when we talk about self-care. I deal with a lot of caregivers and, and family caregivers and veterans and their caregivers. And when I used to talk about self-care and post videos and have podcasts about self-care, I would get eye rolls. Like there's no time for that. Now, at least everyone is aware that you cannot pour from an empty cup. Right. And so I think that they really are, we are, all focusing a little more on the fact that we would like to live long, healthy lives. And in order to do that, we have to figure out not only the coping skills, we have to schedule time in for ourselves. Well, and that was, that was a really hard thing for me. You know, I do this thing every night after dishes are done and, you know, the kids are doing their homework. I have like, I tell everybody I'm going to go take my bath and my bath is like an hour. Not that I'm in the tub for an hour, but you know, I'll be like readying my stuff for the next day. I might be doing some of my personal, you know, hygiene routines. I might, you know, I get in the bathtub at some point, but like that one hour a day is my time, but I've had to guard that. Oh, excuse me. I had Bless to guard you. that like um like a Nazi. You know what I mean? Like the kids wanted to come in and then I have my phone in there with me because I use it to play music. They'd be texting me. <laughs> and That's like, not respite. No, it's not respite. And um, you know, when you have the smaller they are, the harder it is, you know, because there's mm-hmm. there's but to say, hey, I need this time, um, excuse me this time was it was really hard for me because I felt guilty well I think that's the problem we had been taught that you know caring for others is more important than caring for ourselves except that as single parents um, working parents single working parents all of that makes it so much more difficult to give yourself the time that you're looking for, but we have to take it in small pockets. Then if we can get it in larger pockets, your bath is a good example. Um, I'll go exercise. You'll take a walk in the mountains. It, all of these sorts of things are important. And unless we stay healthy physically, we will not be healthy mentally. No, no. I mean, I can remember at one point when my kids were tiny, you know, maybe four or five years old, yelling at them and going, I matter. Like, I, <laughs> I matter. I matter too. And I, I forget what set me off, but I just remember thinking, I matter. And, you know, what a funny... Yeah, but what a funny epiphany to have, like in the middle of a kitchen with stuff, you know, dirty dishes, stuff going, kids going every which way. And I just needed like five minutes because I really, I was at the end of my rope. I remember distinctly how rushed we always were and we would get home and I would say, hurry up, get out of the car. Well, why do we need to hurry up to get out of the car to go home? We didn't. It had just become such a... A, a refrain that that I I pulled myself up short and said this is ridiculous we are home it's okay they can dawdle they can go back and get their backpacks if they forget them I don't know yeah, but you get that go 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 like I get that you know because it's like most of us as parents are shot out of a cannon every morning. Like, that's what I say. I'm like shot out of a cannon, you know, at, at like this morning I was up at five and, you know, before the kids get up at six, we got to get to the school by seven. Like, you know, and it's, it's go time, you know, the sandwiches are flying. It doesn't end until it's dark. No, it doesn't end until I fall asleep. And then I, I pass out at like 1130 at night. And then, you know, the cannon shoots me out again in the morning. And I think you can, attached to to that adrenaline move because I could 
truly be sitting quiet in the carpool lane waiting to pick up my kids. You know, it's kind of stop and go. It's mostly more stop than anything. But what am I doing? I have my day planner. I'm taking notes. I'm doing a brain dump. I'm, I'm returning phone calls. Like I am not helping myself at all. Um, but I do want to, I do want to take a minute here and thank care of, uh, for partnering with us today, Linda, because they're um, a company that I really enjoy because they make my life easier. And, you know, as we get into spring and, you know, my new healthy routine for the spring, the winter blues are coming to the end. I think you have more winter blues than I do in, in uh, the East Coast than I do on the West Coast. We've had more snow than you've had for sure. Yeah, it's true. It's and a lot of rain. A lot of rain. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, we actually had cold and snow and rain this year in Southern California. So it's time to get back into this routine that empowers me to feel my healthiest. And when you give yourself an extra boost, um, like if you're looking for more energy or better sleep or um, how to how to care for yourself. Cause I had a really hard time knowing what even to do to care for myself. Care of has this online quiz and you can find it at takecareof.com, like the words takecareof.com. And it's this fun online quiz that asks you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices. And it only takes five or six minutes. Um, but you get this personal scientifically backed recommendation for vitamins, protein powders, and more. And if you've taken this quiz before, because uh, we talked about this a couple of months ago on my show, go ahead and take it again, because now there's a questionnaire on there to find out if you're getting enough protein, fiber, and good fats, so that maybe, you know, you could benefit from Kerov's natural protein powders. So the thing that I love about these products, Linda, is that not only did I not have to figure out what to take um, because you have this online quiz, but it's easy and convenient because they deliver these daily vitamin and supplement packs along with protein and whatever, you know, like whatever you need customized to your recommendations. Mm -hmm. But this subscription box, you know, I love these things. It comes, you do. <laughs> I know, because I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to do anything. Well, it comes so, to your door. It's almost like, you know, a, a holiday gift. It's wonderful. It is. It is my gift. And it comes in this box. And, you know, each day is a little packet. So sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to take them right away. I can throw them in my purse. Or, you know, I have my little packets. They go where I go. And it's a, it's a grab and go. And I used to stand there, like, with a bunch of bottles and jars and things trying to make my morning thing. And half the time I wouldn't because I know it sounds silly, but it's too much work. So I just grab oh, and them. You can't back. take them on an empty stomach usually. So you had to eat something and then do that. So it was two steps. But this yep. make it is absolutely possible for whenever you want it. Right. And it's, they're prepackaged and they have my name on it. So I don't have to issue, <laughs> they say Sandra on there and they have this like cute little quote and, um, I don't have to deal with anybody wanting to take my stuff because that happens now, especially with my older kid. That's a great thing. I'm yeah. going to have to take the quiz. Takecareof.com. Takecareof.com. And um, they have these little quick stick uh, powders that can be added to your monthly delivery. And they're kind of cool too. They offer these protein powders in individual packets and tubs. And again, they can be personalized towards your fitness goals and your dietary preferences. And this is something else that's kind of cool that I found out about care of. Their new protein powders have these clean labels and they're made with organic ingredients like cocoa and Himalayan pink sea salt and whey from free range grass fed cows from Ireland. Isn't that Cool. Oh, I, that sounds just delicious. I want to see the cows. I, bet I know. I want to see those. Um, but there's also vegan and vegetarian support options available to match your dietary needs. And um, if you want to try this company out, which I really encourage you to do because I'm a big fan of them, uh, for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter the promo code MOTHERHOOD50. That's like today's show, Motherhood Talk Radio. So MOTHERHOOD50, as in 50% off. Off. So for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter promo code MOTHERHOOD50 because it comes right to your door. And that's just what we're talking about today, having an easy, sustainable, and, and powerful uh, choice to make our lives easier. So let me ask you, has it changed your habit? And do you see healthful benefits from this? I, and a sense of accomplishment? 
<laughs> you know, so my sense of accomplishment is that I'm actually doing something for myself every day and I can do it without a whole lot of effort. And it even comes in a stacky box. Like it's like a little box where you pull it out. Like, you know, when you go places and they give you a free sample or whatever, and they're all stacked up on top of each other and you pull it out. So it's really easy for me to stay organized. It doesn't clutter up my kitchen. It's just there like a little soldier and I pull it out and I grab and go. And so, yeah, I would say it makes a difference for me because I actually feel like I've made my own to-do list. I love it. So the code for 50% off was motherhood 5050. Yeah, like 50% off. That's terrific. Yeah. So yeah, go out and check it out. And, and, um, you know, the one thing that it did too, is once I started on my regular routine, it was easier for me to do other Mm -hmm. regular self-care. You know, like I think the hardest thing, maybe it's more like old cars or something, I don't know, was to get started on self-care. It always is. So the little bit that I started then became, okay, well, now I'm going to add in the gym 20 minutes, 30 minutes every day because I live five minutes away. I can stop on my way home. So, you know, that little thing added in. And then I was like on Saturdays and Sundays, I'm like, you know, I kind of need to see the sun since I work in front of a computer all day. Then I'm like, you know what? I could take a walk or I could take the dogs and my kids. We could all go for a walk, like little baby steps. And now I feel like I take really good care of myself with respect to all I have to do. Well, success breeds success. So what we often forget is we don't celebrate the small wins. And if we do take the time, we're usually rushing on to the next goal. So what you noticed was you made one change, which made the next step pleasurable. And then the next one more pleasurable. So we build on our habits, which that's terrific. I'm really glad for you. I can't wait to look into this. Yeah. I guess I'd never really thought about like, you know, you you hear these things like, you know, success breeds success or habits build on habits. And, you know, I kind of get the concept of it, but it didn't, neither of those things really related to me until you just identified it as that thing. Like if we just start one little thing, it's easier to do another little thing. And then they start piling up and all of a sudden you have a much, you have a much better life. Well, just think about a book. You start with the first chapter, go to the second chapter and so on. And pretty soon you have a book of your journey. And it's, it's really exciting, frankly, because we don't celebrate our wins, even the teeniest, tiniest ones. We're always on to the next thing. So I've made it a practice, a healthy self-practice, to make sure I do savor. Okay, you did make it through the week. You did take your bite. You did work out. You did eat healthfully. And, you know, it's silly, but being grateful for those things really makes a difference in your emotional health. Well, that's it. You know, our emotional health is, is so big when it comes to this. It's funny you say that because it's today's Thursday, and I've worked out, like, every day for the last five days. And I didn't even notice it, Linda. Now, three or four years ago, when my kids started going to the middle school and the um, elementary school time, it made it possible for me to go to the gym on a regular basis, but I had to do it. And I had to remember it and I had to write it down. And sometimes I would forget and then I would fall off the wagon and then I'd get back on. And now it's become so automatic. I don't even track it in my planner. I don't, you know, I do put my spin classes in and my yoga classes just because I don't want to forget. And if I, you know, it's one thing for me to choose not to do something. It's another thing for me to forget to do something. That's been a big part of my uh, emotional and mental health. Because when you forget, I don't know about you, but I beat myself up that I forgot. Oh, I forgot. I forgot again. I forgot my spin class. Oh, I forgot my yoga class. Like, oh, I suck. I'm not taking care of myself. (laughs) And we've talked about negative self-talk before too. And I think we've all gotten a lot better at realizing that what we say, our own brains hear. And so part of self-care is being kind to ourselves. I believe I've done a video on self-compassion because we're often not very nice to ourselves. As you mentioned, we forget things. So I have little habits that I follow. If I have to take it the next day, there's a, a ledge right beside my front door. It is put right there at that ledge because I can't guarantee I'm going to remember it. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't. My keys have to go in the same place because otherwise I'll be scrambling for them. So 
I have to know that when I'm overloaded and overstressed, that just form new routines and stick to them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I actually moved, you know, you should have seen me dragging this bookcase. It's a huge, heavy, heavy one. And at some points, cause it got stuck in my carpet, I had to sit on the floor, my hands uh-huh. on the wall, push the bottom with my feet and it would go an inch. You're so before. lucky you didn't get crushed. I know. Well, it was empty, but it's still really heavy and it's like twice the size of me. But I, I shoved it to right near my front door. And even though aesthetically it's not the best look, the bottom shelf of the bookcase is where everybody's shoes go. And then I have, I actually have three gym bags Mm -hmm. and on Monday I preset them with water bottles. And then they have my, I, I bought three little extra, these little, you can't see them, but the little uh, battery chargers, you know, for my phone. And then I went and bought a little uh, iPhone charging cable, little baby one. For each one. And then so on Sunday nights, I ready myself for the week because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays are bad. Right. So I can actually grab and go my gym bag and everything's all put in there. So I have, and you know what I ended up using? I used old lunch bags. You know those lunch bags that look like purses because they have those extra pockets on the side. So in my gym bag, I've got two water bottles. I have an old pair of headphones, a phone charger and a battery, my sweat towel, and then I don't, I only have one pair of sneakers, but I throw in my gym clothes and they're all rolled up in this little kit. Perfect. So there's no excuse. And then, you know, when I come back, I throw that stuff in the laundry. So Thursdays, I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday done. Wednesday nights, I restock those and they literally sit. So as I walk out the door, you know, like my mail sits on one shelf, like, you know, cause it's amazing how much crap you need to take with you with kids <laughs> You're right. And working because you know right. three lunches, uh, gym bag and two sports bags because we got one in basketball, one in volleyball, so we have three right. sports bags, and then um, my Your work stuff. stuff. Right. I mean that's a lot. That's like nine bags to make it out the door in the morning by seven a.m. I agree. It's funny on the other end, I use this rule that I read about, and it works. And the initials are Ohio, only handle it once. So when I am really tempted to just take the clothes out of the dryer dryer and throw them on the couch and I'll fold them later, I don't. I make sure that I fold it right as they come out of the dryer. If I then carry them upstairs, I immediately put them away because we all know how piles of laundry seem to breathe. And then you don't put anything away and you just pull your stuff right out of the stacks and it can get so crazy, busy, cluttered that it makes your head cluttered too. So I really stick to my Ohio, only (laughs) handle it once as much as I can. And that was originally in an article about handling your mail. So don't just take your mail and stuff it in your briefcase and carry it to the office and then maybe you'll open it. Maybe you'll forget about it. You know, have a routine for everything. So just like your routine to get out the door, I do it at the other end too. I And, and so I'll give you another example. Emptying the dishwasher, it's very tempting to put things on the counter first and then put them in the cabinet. I don't do it that way anymore. I immediately put them where it belongs and it goes much quicker and I've only handled it once. So I feel that check mark besides you did something right. Yeah. Well, like, that's, little things make me happy. Can you tell? Yeah, no. I mean, I I was so excited when one of the ladies they sell these large utility totes. They're kind of like a, they're a big rectangle and they have a, like a metal frame and they're fabric covered and they have a a strap on them. You know, you could, like two handles. Right. And I bought two for each of my kids and two for me in different colors. Mm-hmm. And then I line them up in my hallway. And when I fold up the laundry, like they go in the kids you know, utility totes, and then they take them up to their rooms. And you know what, Linda, I don't care if they live out of them for the week, but the stuff is up and gone because by the time I do, you know, I teach spin sometimes five days a week. So on top of everything. So I have my five sets of sweaty, gross workout clothes they, both kids have five days of practice clothes, and then a lot of times they have game clothes plus school clothes, and laundry is just ongoing. Ongoing. Like most parents, like, you know, most families. 
but I do remember dragging old soccer socks out of the pile because there weren't any clean ones. Oh yeah. The best you do is sometimes deficient, but you know what? Nobody's going to have the sky fall because they're in dirty socks. No, no. And open the windows of the car. It's okay. Oh, that's like, you know, when my one son started (laughs) high school sports I never knew something could stink that bad. Like, you know, I had brothers. It's not like I, you know, I didn't grow up, you know, in a a family of brothers, but, um, you know, my mom always kept the laundry. We had a chute, you know, we were on the upper East coast when I grew up. So we had a laundry chute, you know, that everything Mm -hmm. fell to the, you know, so we didn't have stinky clothes up. Well, my mother did at the bottom of that pile, your mother did. My mom did. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But I never had the, you know, the thing that we have here where the clothes pile up in the house, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that's a new one for me that I'm like, you know, I'm like with the Febreze, like that's my other cheat thing. Like Febreze is a miracle. Yeah. If you don't have time to wash their sweat stuff, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then I hand it back to him like, oh, mom, it smells so good. I'm like, yeah, just don't wait too long. Just put it on. Just put it on. You'll be fine. No, it's it's true. And I think laundry, some of those basics, laundries, dishes, um, being on a time schedule, all of those things can really wear you down. Yeah. Which is why I'm going to come back to what I said in the very beginning, which is that we don't take much off time and, and just sit and I use it during my exercise. You, you know, if I'm, I, I love to rollerblade. We have a wonderful bike trail that was an old train trestle track. And oh. so it's very long and lovely. So I use that as my moving meditation, if you will. I think you use your walks the same yeah. way. But I do know that there'd be times I would really like to just sit in a chair in the sun for 15 minutes during yeah. the workday. And it really wouldn't end if I sat for 15 minutes, but I find myself sitting for hours in front of the computer and I haven't gotten up and done that. Yeah. So that's my new goal to work on. Well, Susie Manning, um, she's, she's the sizzle lady, S I Z Z Z L. You should check her out. Um, she's like 70 something and you know, she's rocking healthy and she would tell me, Sam, just get out and see the sun. And I'm like, what's funny is I've got these, you know, I got three, I got five monitors in my office. And, you know, one has Machu Picchu, one has a thing of Dubai. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm looking at sun, but I'm actually not in the sun. Right. And And fresh air. And fresh air. Yeah. So, you know, and it's really hard because I get up every day at 1130. I go out of my offices down the hallway and I make my dad's lunch and I, you know, prepare a lunch for him and, you know, put his medicines, whatever he needs out. I could seriously walk out the door that time for five minutes, but I don't. That's my point. So that's my newest goal is to make sure that I don't sit for more than two hours at a time. And then when I do, I walk outside for five to 10 minutes. The world's not going to end. And and here's the bigger kicker. That's going to be harder. I don't want to take my phone with me. <gasps> I want to just go do that because I, I don't want to be addicted to my phone. And I usually don't have trouble turning it off at nighttime, not at all. But when you find yourself grabbing your phone at every stoplight, at every break in the day, or when you're bored or you need a break, you grab your phone to look at it? Yes. I don't want that anymore. So I'm going to wean myself for five to 10 minutes during these new breaks. I'll let you know how that works yeah. out because I think that's going to be a little more challenging than I think. But I, I don't need to be connected like I am. That's no. crazy. Well, and did, have you put the screen time app on your phone or on your, I don't want to be judged by my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was judged by my phone and I, quite frankly, I was shocked. I didn't realize how much, uh, I picked up, um, my phone. I mean, I forget what the stats were, but I didn't believe it at first and I didn't believe my <laughs> iPad usage. I do. 
Yeah, I really, I didn't believe it because I'm like, I know I work all day and I know I, and then I realized I do have like my iPad, like it'll be playing music in the background and they count that as screen time. So I'm like, that's not really fair. And then the social media, I use social media obviously to promote our shows and products like that. So that wasn't really fair, but the number of times I checked texts and texts coming in Mm. was like 16 times an hour. I was like, and you what? know what the stat is for normal addicting uh, behavior is 88 times a day. So I've done something to guard against that. I only have notifications for text. I don't have email notifications. I don't have messenger notifications. I don't have Facebook notifications. I do not want them. And right. that has calmed my world considerably because texts are usually something urgent. And so, okay. But, but as I said, it it could wait for 10 minutes while I got my walk around walk. And so that's my new goal. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, the thing is like, I was looking like, you know, just now, like while we were talking, I was looking at the text on my phone and it's like, hi mom, you know, said this, (laughs) picked up my older brother's like, Hey, fight the food. Good fight. Little sister, Jesse. Hey, it's from the gym. And then, you know, Mark, it's good to hear your voice today, Rick. Hey, I love that. These are not, these are not essential. I'm looking here out of, out of the like 60 or so texts I got over the last two days. One was important. And he called me, his dog was passing away. He wanted to borrow my van to take his dog to the vet. And then he called me, you know, cause he's like, Sam, can I borrow your van? Can we switch cars? My neighbor, Cause he's got a smaller car and a big dog. And I had said, you know, if you ever need my van to transport your dog, cause he's old, he's 16 and he did, he passed away yesterday. So we're going to say, sorry, that's you know, such a big loss. Hi to, to Ace. He's with buddy now. They were big colleagues. And, um, so of all those, the point is <laughs> of all those times I picked up like, Ooh, this is important. This is important. One. And he called. I find texting, but see, I find texting to be frustrating other than, you know, don't forget our call tomorrow or, or pick you up at five. Um, Because if it goes back and forth more than once or twice, call me. I would rather hear your voice. Whereas my children don't, they don't want want text messages only. They only want text messages, but I find them very easy to get misinterpreted. Very so. And, and that's a shame. So I work a lot on um, effective communication that actually works. I have, I re- I'm reading this wonderful book and it's written by Alan Alda. You know, oh, the actor, and I love, I was intrigued by the title of the book and then even more by the book itself. It's called, if I understood you, would my face look like this? <laughs> And it's about communicating and how we're, we're always involved in other things and we're not taking advantage of empathy and intuition and looking in people's faces. And we're, we're so often virtual that it's difficult to do that. And it has some really good information. And, and the most important thing that I was able to use with one of my children was that if I don't understand something you're saying, it's also your responsibility to make sure that it's said in a way that I do understand. So don't get frustrated with me when I don't understand. Communication is a two-way street. But when we're more texting versus face-to-face or voice even, it becomes much more difficult to communicate effectively. And that was his point. But I, I love that. If my face looks like this, do you think I understand you? No. Yeah. Well, and it's hard, I think, um, you know, because I see the pros and cons, like the pros of texting. I see I've got lots of friends because I've lived all over the world. And so we can have a conversation that's over five days. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like I'll go back to the text that she sent and we'll continue our conversation. So, you know, in that case, you know, busy people, it's it's helpful. Um, But the other thing that I found with my teenagers, Linda, is that if they have a hard time telling me something, I'll say, you know what? Send me a text. That's a good idea. My one son was like, mom, I really want to talk to you about something, but I don't know where to begin. And I said, then text me because it takes that pressure off. It does. That's a good point. You know? And so, and then what's funny is more often than not, once they text it, it's almost like letting air out of a balloon. 
Mm-hmm. Like, mom, this is what I did and I don't know what to do. And then I'll say, you know, thanks for telling me. We'll work it out. Why don't you come in and we'll talk about it. And then they, you know, they walk into my room or walk into my office and it's a safe way to open a conversation. I think, especially with teenagers. I like that. I like that. I, th- I think that makes sense. I'm not sure it works with the 20 somethings. No, maybe not. But I'm finding that they're oftentimes. Like, right. I didn't text them. It's their way to tell me something they want to tell me, you yes. know, and they maybe don't know how I'm going to react, or maybe I'll, I'll react badly, or I might cry, you know, things like that, or get upset. So it also gives me, the receiver, a little bit of time to think and compose myself. That's a very good point because I think sometimes in this fast-paced world, we react as opposed to respond. Sure. And so that that need we all know what happens when you answer a, an an angry email too quickly. It's oh, not yeah. it's not pretty. Well, the same thing if you're firing back text messages or on a phone call snapping at somebody. So no, we need to think a little bit more before we speak. I read an article this morning that's talking about how empathy is being studied and it is declining over the last 20 years. Oh, easily. Oh, and it, but it makes perfect sense. You yeah. know, why do you have as much empathy if more of your communication is less in person and more at arm's length, I'll call it. Mm-hmm. It's convenient. We're connected, but our engagement is losing some of the nuances. So you can tell I'm reading all these interesting things about communication these days because I think it's the root of all relationships. And if we don't take care of how we talk to ourselves and to others, I think words have power and meaning. Sure, sure they do. Well, but look at our culture. Look at our YouTube videos. Look at the, the television shows. There's a marked lack of empathy. You know, everything is like a joke or a rip or a, I don't know what the term my kids call it, but they, you know, like an epic fail, you know, like, okay. but it's, it's, you know, I think it's, it's, it's pervasive and it's a shift that we're making. And I think there's a shift too. I don't know if a lot of this stuff, at least, you know, and I'm not knocking my school district, but I remember that in when I was growing up, how the teachers would say, hey, that's not nice. We don't talk to each other that way. Right, right. I don't see a lot of that correcting happening anymore. I mean, I corrected at home and I'm like, hey, you know, try again. Like if my kids are really rude, I learned this from, uh, from Sharon Silver, a parenting expert. Uh, if your kid, especially, you know, like middle school and high school, they can be really rude. I don't respond to them and I'm like, okay, try again. So Linda, if you said to me, like, you know, like mom, how could you forget that? You're so stupid or, you know, something, you know, like they don't say it, but you know, it's like that whole, like you're an idiot parent thing. Your mother used to say to you, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I used to laugh because I used to feel like my daughter would say something to me and in parentheses after it was, you dumb butt. You idiot. Yeah, exactly. Why didn't you understand that? Um, and that's partially the ages of children, I think, sure. but words do matter. But when you and say it, try again. I know. Like, try again. I, I actually used to use the erase uh, uh-huh. gesture, like on a blackboard. I, I, like, I wouldn't have to say a word. I would just do the erase gesture and they oh. <laughs> roll their eyes and then they do it again. Yeah. Uh, so whatever works for you. I did one year give out um, soccer yellow and red cards to my children because oh. I was fed up with what they were doing. And so I, when they got red carded, that, that meant something. Well, you use what you can. Yeah. Well, it's like the meet the Fockers movie, you know, like where he's like, you know, you're in the circle or out of the circle. And he's like, I'm watching you with the eyes. I used to do that with my kids when they were little, like if there would be a naughty on the playground, like I would just look at them, they'd look at me and I would do the, you know, the fingers and the eyes and the point, like I'm watching you. Right. Um, But I I don't know. I've perfected the art of one eyebrow. Oh, <laughs> that, but you that, know, that goes a long are, way. You got young parents that are on their phones, so they're not really watching what their kids are doing. Because I think it's not just a function of the younger generation, and you know that they're somehow. I can go to any sporting event, and right. at least half the parents have their phones in their faces. And sometimes it's me. And I'll be honest; I'm like I'm not perfect, um, but they're on their phones at 
their kids' events. They're at their phones when there's playgroups. They're at their phones. So who's watching and monitoring and helping these young people form their behaviors? More is cut than taught. And my daughter posted on Instagram a picture of her daughter talking on the phone, obviously watching a sports event. And and the, the it was very telling because she said, I asked her who she was talking to. And she said, she was being me talking about work while at the game. Ah, uh, wow. So, oh. right. And that was a, that was a definite wake up call um, because they do pay attention to everything that we do. Yeah. And sometimes we're not even aware of the patterns. It's hard to be present, which is why I, I'm getting much, much better at just putting my phone away and turning the ringer off because then I'm not even tempted. Besides, I'm stuck on my phone. It intrudes in my life. So I have a love-hate relationship with my phone. Well, you know, when my kids were little, I used to have this thing called the Screaming Baby Express. And I had, you know, a a three-month-old and a -a two-and-a-half-year-old in the car seats in the back. And I had an hour and 15-minute commute to work. And I put them in childcare near my office. Uh, Now, the good thing is the two babies in the car allowed me to go in the carpool lane, which in Los Angeles is a big deal. You save a lot of time. Huge. Right. But one or both, like they were like dueling banjo sometimes, you know, like, you know, and crying and screaming. And I think whoever invented that pull down uh, TV in the car, because we'd watch Caillou. Oh, in the minivans. Right. Yeah. So, you know, those, that was great, you know, um, and so what I would do is the kids would be in the back and they'd have their snack trays and everything, almost like an airplane. And then I'd put the movie on and we had certain things that I knew that they would love. Like they'd watch Caillou or Thomas or Dora. And I would pick up my, at the time I was working for the government. So I had a Blackberry. So I would be talking on my Blackberry. I'd be doing whatever I needed to do. And my little one said to me, he was about a year and a half old. And he goes, hate black, hate black. And he didn't mean Blackberry. The black, the black phone. The black. Like he recognized very early on that that little black phone it was a competitor for your time. Yep, for his attention, my attention to him, and and you know, and as they got older, they're like, yeah, we hate your phone. We hate your now. Of course, they have their own phones and they're addicted. But you know, I couldn't believe that he, you know, not his first word, but you know, one of his first full sentences was "hate black," and he meant "hate black phone" because it was a little black phone, right? right. And, um, you know, that one was kind of a big eye opener for me because I figured they're watching TV, they're eating, they're doing their thing. This is my time. I'm driving. I can return my calls and, you know, they're not screaming. So if they're not screaming, great time to return your work calls. (laughs) Isn't that a funny barometer? If they're not screaming, they're having a good time. I I, I think it's great. Well, I mean, as a parent, I mean, I, I remember we would, when I watched them, they would engage with the videos, as you said, you know, the because that was the big deal when my children were growing up, um, or the games that they could play. Uh, but when there's just limits to what technology is going to intrude, and and I won't have an Alexa in my house. I I just I'm creeped out by everything that talks. Oh, to I love me. my Alexa. No, see, I don't want any more machines talking to me oh, at all. You know, and last I, I don't even... night I thanked Alexa by rote memory because at 1130, I'm like, crap, I have to set my alarm for five. So I'm like, Alexa, set the alarm for 5 a.m. And she says, second alarm set for 5 a.m. And then I said, oh, Alexa, thank you. And she's like, anytime. <laughs> well, you're, no, I'm, I, I find... All, some of this technology to be an intrusion and I don't want machines talking to me because I want oh. people talking to me. So I well, get it. She's kind of an electronic people. Like when I get up, okay. I know, but my Roomba is the only robot I really want to I know, to. but I'm brushing my teeth. Alexa, what's the weather going to be like today? And she's like, you know, it'll be 55 with, you know, partly cloudy. I'm like, can't bring your sweatshirts. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. I think it's... Do it's I, got pros and cons, right? Yeah, it's got pros and cons like anything. I mean, you know, for me, it's like, and then sometimes I'll be like, you know, Alexa, play me some relaxing piano music. And she'll be like, you know, play relaxing piano music. And then all of a sudden it'll start playing. So I don't know. There's certain things because to me, it means I have to do less. 
Well, I laughed because I was visiting my daughter just a little while ago and everything is set to Google in the house. So Google, turn off the lights. Oh, wow. The funny part is Google doesn't usually listen the first time or the second time or the third time. And But by the end of my visit, all I could think in my head was they're yelling into the kitchen direction to turn out the lights when they could have walked over and hit the switch two or three more times in that same amount of time. So I think I'm just rebellious right now against technology intruding so heavily into my life. And I'm moving back back more to being outside and the sun and the quiet and the walks because heaven knows we have, you know, 14 to 16 hours of technology a day. True. That's enough. That's enough for me. Thanks. <laughs> True. Well, my thing is if I don't have to get out of the bed, I don't even have to move to set my alarm. Like imagine me at 1130 laying on my pillow. Right. Alexa, set the alarm for 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. And then when she just said, I forget what she said another day. Yeah. So she's like, it's my pleasure. And I was like, uh, thank you. Like it's amazing <laughs> when you thank Alexa, she thanks you back. Have you ever thanked your electronic device? Uh, only Siri. And um, I was being sarcastic. And the response back was, well, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> so there's empathy no, and really politeness training from Siri. Siri. Does, Siri has not kept up with the Alexas of this world and, you know, the other equivalents. And so I don't, I don't use Siri anymore. She's banned from my life. Oh. And so I know when your best friends become Siri and Alexa, I don't, I don't want that. I would rather talk to the cat, talk to the mailman. I, I don't care. I'd really rather talk to a stranger in a grocery store line, but I do get what you're saying about the yeah. convenience. I think right, because I think yeah, because it's it's just that that whole you know like that whole thing everything in moderation you know like that's exactly right you know I use Alexa for three things you know the the weather so that I can can make sure everybody's dressed properly going out the door because there's nothing worse than I lock my door we get in the car and we're backing up and one of my kids says I need to get a wait sleep. right. Because everything's locked up, which means I have to get out of the car, unlock the door, then he's got to run up, and I've got a big house. So, you know, that's a good five, seven-minute delay. And if we're, you know, if i got to get to work and the kids have to get to school, like, it's crunch time. And, um, yeah, I think it's just it's just moderation. Absolutely. And I, I also think that when you set a day up for success, like you do with setting up your baskets or me with the things at the door that need to go yeah. out the door with me, you, you are starting the day right. Because I know days that start wrong, like with what you would discuss. Somebody forgot something. It got crazy. It got hectic. Now you're going to be on the expressway and it's going to be harder. The yep. stress levels go up. Your day starts poorly and it often doesn't right itself. Yeah. So it's helpful to do those small things that make it start out easy and pleasant and helpful. Well, and I like at the end of the day, you know, and sometimes I use my iPad, sometimes I use my iPhone, sometimes I use Alexa, but you know, I like the audible, you know, and if you want a promotion from audible, you can go to audible.com slash motherhood and they'll give you some free stuff and some cool stuff. Um, and a great, great, um, offer. Um, but I can say, I can ask Alexa to read me the book I'm reading. Mm-hmm. And that's so nice because, you know, it's an audio book, but right. I can then, I can be brushing my teeth, deep conditioning my hair, and I can give my eyes a rest from screen time. Which is so important. I've switched you know? all those blue light glasses and it has made a difference. Oh, has it made a difference? Do they help? I, really, I believe so. Um, it, it's easier to fall asleep at night and my eyes don't hurt or burn as much as they Ooh. used to. So I would definitely say it. It has helped. Yeah. So, cause you know, I don't want to watch TV at the end of the day. I don't want to, I don't want to look at another screen, you right. know? So for me to have these audio books and, you know, I use audible.com slash motherhood uh, is where you get the promos. Um, but I can be brushing my teeth. I can be working out. I can be, you know, or doing my yoga. Like, it's so funny. I love listening to my stories cause it's like somebody's reading me a bedtime story. I oh, love that as a little kid like the yoga nidra. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that because that's very relaxing. Yeah. You know, so I'll be stretching out or deep conditioning my hair or doing all three at once. And then I listen to this audio book or a book, you know, that I wanted to read, but my eyes are too tired. 
But see, we're, we're both making efforts to slow the pace. We yeah. give ourselves mini breaks during the day. I, I think unless we build those things in and then build upon them, it's going to be hard to stay centered and balanced all the time. I love working in the garden for, the, oh. for that very reason. It feels very grounding and digging in the soil. And we're planting all our spring things. And I love planting the fall bulbs. I mean, I love it year round. And so that's very soothing to me. But I'm, I'm trying to do more of the get back to nature thing. Yeah, it does help. It does help. Like, you know, when the days that in the summer days, when I take the kids to the beach, you know, we will take, you know, we'll go like on a Thursday or a Tuesday when it's not so crowded out here. And, you know, I'll, I'll arrange my work schedule so that I can have a Tuesday beach day and then I'll work Saturday, you know, when everybody else is going to the beach. But what a difference I feel when I come back. Right. And it's not something you can buy. It's not something you can, like, there's certain things that you can only get certain ways. Well, and the finest things in life are truly free. It's the sunshine. It's the waves of the ocean. If you're at the beach, it's, it's the sunsets. It's the moon. I mean, I'm very easy to please. Little tiny things make me smile and happy. And I think that's, that's another thing I want to mention is that the pace can be helped if you're grateful for the small things in your life. And so I, I stop and I say, thank you. And I acknowledge those moments and okay. So that was what 10 seconds, but at least it kind of resets your brain and your mindset and your perspective. Little stuff helps. Well, you don't feel like, simple, as you can tell, simple, simple. And you don't feel like you're blown through life a hundred miles an hour. Like there are days where I look back and I go, I don't remember what I did, who I talked to, what I ate, what the kids did. You know, like they'll say, what did we have for dinner yesterday? And I'll be like, I, I can't even tell you. Now I know I cooked it, shopped for it, prepared it, cleaned up after it. But that just tells you like, you know, the pace uh, that we're going. So I'm going to gonna wrap this up for this week. Linda, thank you today for being my guest. We always have so much to talk about. We run the gamut. Uh, I'm going to do my gratitude things and I'm going to make a point today to get out and get in some sunshine. Love it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation with you on Military Mom Talk Radio.